This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Minnesota Vikings, the NFL, football, yeah, football. Welcome to Purple Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here with former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels. Sage, how are you? I'm doing great. Good morning. Happy uh, Christmas Eve day. Thank you. Happy Christmas Eve day to you as well. And uh, I saw on Facebook you posted your your wreath that you made. It was beautiful. Good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was just thinking, you know, it would be nice to have a wreath. I've seen some of these on social media. They look nice. Look like somebody even, some of my friends even made some homemade wreaths. Probably the more hipster friends who live in Brooklyn or something. But anyway, so I'm, I'm in my garage, cleaning out my garage, and I see this uh, tomato plant by these t- tomato plant holders that I have. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what you call them, but these metal objects that keep tomato plants up. And so I took it apart and, and cut it apart. Um, with a heavy duty scissors or whatever and and created a frame for a for a wreath. And so I made one the other day and uh now we have one downstairs waiting to be made because I think my family's gonna do it. It's like the Rosenfels version of the gingerbread house. It's a new tradition for the Rosenfels fam. Uh it's I have a new tradition. I have a wreath in the house, but it's made of plastic and we didn't even get a tree this year. So we've been we've been a little bit uh, what on the is busy wrong side. With you? I, I know, what is wrong I know. It's always tough. I was talking with another journalist about this. Just this season it gets kind of crazy and then you look up and you're like oh oh christmas is tomorrow should we get a tree <laughs> wait did the i get NFL, did i get presents for everyone and I, and i'll agree with you there's just so many like so many things that go on between uh thanksgiving and travel and different things and then the holiday season and the, and the nfl just heats up and here we go we're, we're right down to the wire here uh the vikings in a must-win situation going into this last game uh and they just played a another crappy team and just sort of grossly dominated them and moving on and uh, trying to win that third game in a row. It reminded me of some of the games at the end of last year where they were not pretty, but they were wins like against Cincinnati. The first half of the Cincinnati game last year was pretty ugly. And then they got going and just ran Cincinnati out of the building. It felt the same way yesterday where once Kyle Rudolph caught the Hail Mary, then it was kind of over because you knew the Lions were going to 
just pack it in after that. The, the Hail Mary, the Hail Mary uh, uh, catch uh, for a touchdown that took the, you know, again, Vikings the lead and they never looked back and just sort of dominated the, the second half. Uh, that was actually sort of a metaphor for the game. Mm-hmm. One of these teams was just bigger and better and had more good players and was just going to sort of dominate you. And, and, and Rudolph went up and just sort of dominated whoever was around him. He's such a big guy, really good high school basketball player. Uh, he was 6'6", long arms, catches everything in his hands, high and strong, really strong hands, and pulls that thing down, and, and the Vikings don't look back. Did you ever in your career at any level hit a Hail Mary? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I think we had one. I only threw probably a couple, I, I feel like, in my career. Uh, we had one at Iowa State. We're playing Nebraska my senior year. We're going into about a 35-mile-an-hour win. And I'm on like the plus 40. Like I don't have to throw it 40 yards, right? I roll to my left. It's snowing uh, <laughs> into this wind. And I throw a ball up. And I thought I threw it pretty well. And it broke up into the wind and landed on like the 10 yards. Oh, it man. It was disgusting. <laughs> They're like 30 yards. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's demoralizing. Well, Kirk Cousins indoors uh, dropped the throw right into the, the perfect area for, for Kyle Rudolph. Is it? They said they don't really practice that very often. I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? You only might throw three Hail Marys a year or something, so that doesn't seem like something that you'd want to waste a whole lot of time you, on. Well, you sort of jog through it, you know, and at the end of the day, it's really about, obviously, the receivers getting down. Now, some teams have three receivers to the right and one to the left, and the one to the left will run over towards the right, and so it's four men over there. Sometimes the one to the left will actually run a go route just in case they don't, you know, line up correctly and it's sort of a one-on-one over there uh, or whatever. But the, the key is, of, of the whole Hail Mary, is obviously buying enough time, having enough arm to get the ball down there, uh, and uh, you have to buy time. You can't go back there five steps and let it go. The receivers aren't going to be down there, and, and Cousins did just that. He rolled to the right, stepped back up into a nice pocket. O-line did a great job. That's exactly what you want, and, uh, and he let it go. And uh, Rudolph, uh, Rudolph brought it down. That was the game changer. Do you remember the one where Randy Moss flipped it to Mo Williams? Yes, I do. That was that was insane. Randy so, Moss, unbelievable. I talked to Mo Williams about it, and he said that they did practice that sometimes in practice and could never get it. And then that one time he got it. And uh, I also you know what that you know what that that see so that's that's truth and that's sort of like a lie. I would say my guess is that. And this is what sometimes players do on your Saturday walkthrough, which is usually when you run this play and you mm-hmm. walk through it or jog through it, is you throw it up to somebody. And then, of course, the player, somebody comes down with it. And, you know, the defense, no one's doing it. Everyone just starts staying around. It's a walkthrough. But then guys start lateraling it to each other, like just to piss mm-hmm. off the head coach or something like that. You know <laughs> what I mean? And uh, I'm sure Randy Moss and those guys were doing that. And uh, I also interviewed the guy who had Randy Moss wrapped up and uh, he's still pretty upset that he didn't get any help on that play because it wasn't his fault. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, not exactly the same of just dropping it into Kyle Rudolph. But uh, anyway, so the offense yesterday, the big story and kind of takeaway was second half versus first half. Very, very different look for the offense. And the first half almost got them in trouble. It got them down by two scores, and then they were able to come back because the Lions just aren't very good. But what was your takeaway as far as why the offense could not get going 
in those first four drives? Well, one, you know, a week before, uh, it was like run seven yards, run 15 yards, pass, you know, screen wide open and 27 yards. I mean, it was that type of offense. Now, one thing Stefanski said after the game was something to the fact that, like, when you can run the football, I think Zimmer said that, you know, when you can run the football, it makes everything else look pretty dang easy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they, they could run the football as well. And against, you know, some teams, the Vikings run the football and other teams, they don't. And they, they weren't getting the run game going. Uh, and they were not going to put their quarterback in a position to make a mistake early in the football game. Uh, and what did they do? They went a three-step drop. They, they ran a, a draw or an inside zone play on a third and six. We haven't seen that in a long time. You don't see that very often. It seems like anymore in the NFL in third and six, a, a draw play or some sort of run play. Right. They can get first downs. But I, I think it was decided – we are not going to, you know, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, let Kirk Cousins lose, you know, lose this game for us, but we're just not going to expose our line cousins, you know, and, 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 uh, and punt and get out of there. And we'll play him over the course of 150 plays and we're going to probably win 90 of them. Uh, but we're not going to expose our weaknesses, which is, you know, third longs and turnovers. So what do we think of that as going into week 17 and then potentially into the playoffs? That sort of strategy of playing Kirk Cousins almost like he's Case Keenum. And he comes away with really good stats on the day, in part because of the Hail Mary and the other 40-yard pass to, to Adam Thielen. But that sort of ultra-conservative approach with him, is that going to be able to carry over? Well, I think you look at it as this, you know, we're sitting there talking about how conservative they're playing and, you know, they're not in shotgun on first down and they're under center and they run the ball and sometimes it's working, sometimes it's not. They got a little play action, sometimes it's working, sometimes it's not. They're not going to expose themselves themselves to negative plays. Uh, and by the way, sometimes in drop back, the drop back passing game is it's not the quarterback, it's a lineman getting a holding penalty, yeah. uh, which you're in first and 20. But that actually happens more often than anything. And this line got a couple penalties yesterday. So uh, it's just minimizing your exposure to bad plays. Play, we're going to play uh, you know, over the course of 150 plays. You guys are going to make the mistakes. We're not. We're not going to expose ourselves to that, which is, you know, I said that, that must passing situation. I'm sure the, 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 you know, everyone, that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to run the ball, play action. But I tell you this, the, the runs do work sometimes. And they were starting to work more and more as the game went on. Uh, and they started running the ball fairly well, but the play action off of it was pretty effective. And sometimes that play action is just check down in the flat to Kyle Rudolph. Uh, but getting the completion, you know, one time Marty Schottenheimer said to me, he used to say it all the time to our quarterbacks, uh, my rookie year in Washington, he would say, you can't go broke taking a profit. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Rudolph seems to be a pretty good profit. He's in the flat. He's here. He's there. Uh, it's, it's nothing. You know, he's not uh, super exciting usually after. He's not an explosive guy per se. He is strong enough to break some tackles and, and to get some yardage. And, and uh, but he's just sort of, he's crafty. He's, he's crafty at this point. And, uh, and, and those work. And they, and they hit some down the field as well to, to the couple of guys. So, you know, at the end of the day, again, it was a resounding victory because of that style mixed with a great defense. And, you know, that patient style of football may be hard to win versus the Bears, but I don't know. They've blown out two teams in a row pretty mm-hmm. good, and it just doesn't seem like they've blown them out, but yeah, they, they really have, uh, and so you, you wonder if that style will beat a good team, and if you know if they can be that patient this week, because they might be behind 14-0 if they play the way, you know, that way 
the first half, uh, uh, you know, this week coming up versus the Bears. Well, it seemed like in the first half they got away a little bit from the play action, which is where Kirk Cousins is the absolute best. I mean, year after year, he is one of the top play action quarterbacks. I know there's a stat out there. But if there's a way you could get the stat of on on his on naked bootlegs, all right, uh, and our teams will keep this stat, and on play action, uh, what is their yards per attempt uh, and yards per catch? Those two numbers are huge. If you can find all the play action cutups from the year where the quarterback's under center, he turns his back, you fake it to the running back. You look deep. You look intermediate. And you usually have a check down the flat, whether it's a tight end or a running back. And, and I think Cousins does that very well. Well, you won't be surprised that I do have his play action statistics right here with me. Uh, he is averaging 8.8 yards per attempt and has a 110.3 quarterback rating using play action. Only 6.9 yards per attempt with no play action. What is his yards per completion? I don't have his yards per completion. I could probably do the math on that. Yeah, that would be interesting. And, you know, that's where you get those bigger completions. You know, it's not just the the attempts that usually in play action you have a shot to go to. He did miss a wide open post route yesterday uh, that, uh, you know, overthrew, I think, Audric Robinson. Um, uh, That would have been a huge play in a football game. So, um, anyway, either way. Okay, I've got it. Uh, Yards per completion is 11.4. Not bad. On play action. On play action, yes. Of just in that football game or for the whole season? No, for the whole season. Oh, for the whole season. Yeah, that he's Interesting. completing, uh, averaging over 10 yards of play uh, when he goes back on play action. So a lot a lot of success there. And, and Zimmer talked about uh, yesterday going into halftime, asking Kevin Stefanski to do it more often in the second half. Huh, interesting. Well, obviously that's you know something that he feels good about. I, I think Zimmer's like seeing... I think he likes seeing nine catches for his tight end. And obviously mm-hmm. one being a Hail Mary for, for the yards are high, but just a lot of can't go broke, taking a profit, you know, check it down all over the flat, whatever it might be, and move the sticks. Move the sticks. Keep that defense on the sidelines. Keep pressuring the other team. That's the thing is play action's tough on, on secondaries. Mm-hmm. And you got two pretty good receivers down there. Everyone plays deeper, and it opens up those guys you know, underneath. And so – uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's they're going to play two styles versus the Bears. It's going to be this style versus the Bears spread it out and go very you know lateral sideline to sideline. It'll be two contrasting offenses on Sunday. So one more note there: just uh, before Stefanski took over, Kirk Cousins was at the bottom of the league in percentage of play action, and just since he's taken over, he's jumped up six spots. He was 22nd, and now he is 16th. Just over these last two weeks, his percentage has jumped up quite a bit. So it's very clear so, that that is the edict. So real quick. So when people talk about offenses, the West Coast offense, the what, the Ernie Zampezi, North Turner, all, all these different offenses and philosophies and whatever, this, this is the exact same offense. Uh, they're not calling plays any different. Their two minutes not different. Their verbiage isn't really probably different. But it's this is the who's calling the plays. Mm-hmm. And what type of plays are they dialing up? And the style of that, is that football, you know, style, is it conducive to winning? You know, and, um, and again, ex, you know, exposing your quarterback. Uh, I think, you know, this style of offense is, they realize there's a kid in San Francisco and they lost the other day, but this Nick Mullins kid, 
who's looking i mean they're one you know i don't know what his record is they're four and something four and 11 or something but he's won about half his football games all right and you know i ask a lot of quarterbacks you can win half your football games the backup that's who you're looking for and they got this kid who's I believe a second year player, no mm-hmm. experience at all from Southern Mississippi, undrafted or seventh round or something. And, uh, and he's playing solid football. Uh, and th- so that, this is that sort of style of offense, run the ball zone, play action, have your quarterback take some shots, stay in rhythm, check the ball down. Uh, and occasionally those play actions will come open. Be nice if they could design something or guys, you know, get open pretty good. That's, that's a nice thing is when you do those, that action or the naked bootleg stuff, you're out there on the edge sometimes, and the quarterback does have time as he's running for the receivers to do a double move uh, and, and take a shot down the field. So now, I think this is going to be the style of the, of the Vikings offense going forward, and they're going to have to be patient with it on Sunday. So Mullins averages 8.6 yards per attempt, even though, you know, I mean, he's he's Nick Mullins, but that's that's around Phillip Rivers' territory is what he averaged in terms of yards per attempt. Of course, he's thrown a few more uh, picks than than you would like and he's got a pretty solid quarterback rating for a guy that has never played before and is an undrafted rookie but as you mentioned they have schemed him a lot of opportunities there and uh, Kyle Shanahan did the same thing for Brian Hoyer when he was even uh, in Cleveland I think Kevin Stefanski we are seeing that is you know giving your guy a chance to be successful uh, not exposing them to too many you know weaknesses having that that run game kind on that run game the play action stuff, the bootleg stuff, it's easier to make. Uh, you have a little more time to make a decision on the play action and bootleg stuff. It's not split decisions and small windows and things like that. And so I think that style is conducive to, uh, to, to uh, increasing the, I guess, the value of the quarterback position. So let me ask you about um, Rudolph. Now, it's something that you had been calling for the whole season. Like, throw the ball to Kyle Rudolph. Get positive gains. He catches everything that you throw his way. Even if he's sort of covered, he's such a massive human being that he's going to catch it, and he's going to keep you moving in the right direction. For him to finally have the breakout game, I think was important because before they were relying so much on Thielen and Diggs that if either one of them did not have a great game, the offense just wasn't going to move. Or if the defense entirely schemed to try and shut those guys down, it wasn't going to have a whole lot of success. The last two weeks, I, I just think the process has been so much better in terms of spreading the ball out, getting Delvin Cook three catches, getting Latavius Murray a couple catches, even though no, even though they weren't big plays, just getting him the ball. And then Rudolph was at the very top of that list yesterday. Yeah, and he's getting a you know, high completion percentage, the checkdowns. You know, as you watch Rudy, he's, he's you know, been in the league now for a while. He's always been such a big man. So he doesn't have that, you know, he's, he's not, doesn't have that receiver type body of, you know, really getting vertical uh, as much anymore. So he has become, I don't know about Jason Witten at the end of his career, but the guy who's just savvy underneath, understands coverages, can get open. Uh, versus some lets you know use his physicality and and his long arms his strength sometimes to get around people and sort of find the soft spots and uh, he just sort of has that craftiness as the veteran so that is higher completion percentage it's it's checking the ball down I'm sure teams are doubling a lot the the wide receivers on the outside so there's just more one on ones and stuff on on the you know the underneath side and and Rudy's doing a good job in coming through and and uh, he's going to have to be big and I, and I I again same offense. Looks like to me, Stefanski and, and John D. Filippo, different uses of, of different players, and, and one of those is the tight end. So let me let me ask you about a bigger picture type of 
thing w- with the Vikings. Um, I, I put out a Twitter poll today asking what a successful season is for the Vikings this year. And then the options are make the playoffs, win around, NFC title game, or Super Bowl, or bust. And it's complete, <clears throat> completely split with Vikings fans. I mean, pretty much across the board, aside from making the playoffs, they, they want to win around. Uh, but you know, there's not a whole ton of people saying Super Bowl or bust. Like, how do you, how should we look at this, Sage? How should we look at where they've come, what they've been able to do since changing offensive coordinators, aside from a slow start and maybe a second, you know, slow second quarter against the Dolphins? They have been much more successful, moving the ball better on the offensive side. Are we now at a point where we say, no, this team should be back to being a real contender? the way we saw them, or is it still the expectations have changed with the way the season has gone? Well, I think the expectations, one, were way too high in the offseason. I always thought that. I was saying nine, ten wins. I I do believe it's a team that's going to get in the playoffs because it's going to be close. And a lot of things went the right way for the Vikings last year. They just did. Uh, And the quarterback played really well. They ran the football extremely well, but they lost a couple pieces. And obviously the, the coordinator, uh, was a downgrade uh, from a year ago. And, and uh, you know, the quarterback play, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, Case was up and down. And he had some, some really good games and he had some bad games as well. So the ball didn't bounce necessarily this way uh, in, in some of the games for the Vikings this year. You know, maybe it has, but th- this is the style of football that's going to give them the best chance. You know, this defense is is playing really well. Uh, and they only gave up two hundred what twenty three yards or something yesterday. Uh, this defense can really shut people down, and and I think they like you know maybe that that it's been talked about in that in that building like let's just go beat people up and play some you know solid defense and and attack people, and then we're gonna run the ball and we're just gonna play slug it out style of December January football, and and you know they win this game. I could see them winning a playoff game, but. I always thought them as a team that was maybe a playoff team, uh, maybe not a playoff team, but I thought they'd get in the playoffs and, and it's been a battle and, and, and their team has gotten better the last two weeks. They won two fairly easy games all around team efforts and, and, uh, you know, we'll see if that gets them into the playoffs. So where I'm conflicted on this team is I, I always think if you have a great offense, you have a much, much better chance. And the numbers bear that out, that when you look at sort of the advanced stats, the most efficient offensive teams, they're usually the ones in the end that are still standing, right? You're, you're New England, no surprise, the best quarterback, Tom Brady, keeps making it to the Super Bowl because he's got a, a good coach and good defense, and then also he's the best. Um, but, you know, Bill Barnwell of ESPN posted an article about how defense is back over the last three weeks where – Passing has gone down, the yards are down, the uh, completion percentages are down, you know, all, all those sorts of things. Quarterback ratings are down just completely across the league. And if this sustains into the playoffs, you would have to say that the Vikings have a chance to beat some of these better teams if defense is going to kind of make a comeback here and sustain this. If it doesn't, and we go back to sort of more offensive, wide open football like we did early in the season. But when I look at how the rules are being called, Sage. I see quarterbacks taking way more hits than they were without flags coming out. Uh, defenders getting, uh, for the most part, defenders getting to do a little more than they could early in the season. And I feel like that opens the door for this Vikings team, considering that their defense has really recovered in the second half of the year and is playing very, very well. Well, that style of football is having success. You know, 
it's interesting to look at the quarterback stats. You know, Drew Brees always a top three guy in passing yards. He's at 13th on the list. They're winning uh, with good defense in, in New Orleans, running game, you know, other things. And so other teams are doing that as well. You know, obviously the Baltimore Ravens are just sort of winning ugly uh, with Lamar Jackson and uh, and that style playing with a really good defense. They have a good chance now making the playoffs and with the Steelers losing last night. You know, that style, the Cowboys are not a big passing team. They're a defense and run the ball style. They're nine and six. They're in the playoffs. Uh, you know, and the Bears play with really good defense, right? So that style has uh, been winning as of late. But just add the Seattle Seahawks. They grind it out and play it with, uh, with, with good defense. Um, it's winning some games and it, it's not pretty. Uh, we were talking early in the year, man, this is a, this can be the crazy of 2018. You can't hit quarterbacks and you touch a wide receiver. It's a penalty and, mm-hmm. and, you know, all these things and all these yards. But at the end of the season, the teams that are really coming on and playing good football uh, are the teams that are playing that style. And, you know, Seattle's is that sort of type of team. Baltimore's that type of team. The Vikings can be that type of team. Uh, and, you know, teams like the, uh, the, the Kansas State Chiefs are they're throwing the ball time and, and you know they've won, they've lost some football games here at the end of the season. So I, I wanted to ask you something off of that because last night's game 38-31 Seattle and Kansas City was super fun and it wasn't a defensive grinded out matchup that was quarterbacks throwing the ball all over the place. I think that the quarterbacks from last night Russell Wilson Patrick Mahomes rank number one and two in my book and then I'd throw Deshaun Watson in there somewhere too. In terms of the entertainment value of watching them play quarterback, do you have do you have like your top three or whatever guys that if so, if they're playing, then you will watch them no matter what. Like who are the most fun well quarterbacks for you to one watch? Thing first, before we get into that, is you know who's not, not really that exciting to watch is the Vikings quarterback. <laughs> yeah, All right. I agree he's with not that. Gonna, he's not going to make you go. I want to pay two hundred dollars for that ticket to yeah, go to the stadium. I'm not, I'm not, and that's not, I'm not trying to make that as a negative. That's not his style. And there are different styles, right? But the ones that like you get every dollar's worth, even if your team loses, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson is a, is a very good quarterback, the way he moves around and make things happen. I think Baker Mayfield brings an excitement to, to, a, to that football team. Uh, there are some good young guys who have that energy. You know, we'll see if they still have it after they get beat down over the next 10 years of their career. And, and and suffer through a lot of tough losses. But I love Russell Wilson, the things that he does. He is so strong, mm-hmm. uh, such an accurate pocket passer, and the guy that occasionally just makes that huge run. But just a strong athlete and, and really good thrower. Um, Mahomes, and the, the, it's amazing the flexibility that guy has when he's out of the pocket and, and, and can make plays and, and you know change the angle of his arm and throw a little side arm and those things that uh, he's just such a good athlete and such an amazing thrower. So those guys are really, really fun to watch. They're sort of, you know, worth uh, you know every dollar spent at the uh, at the ticket booth. I was uh, looking at Russell Wilson, his post-game interview after he exchanged jerseys with Patrick Mahomes. And let's just say that his shoulders and my shoulders look pretty similar because we probably do about the same amount of lifting. Um, he has he has the biggest traps, you know, like the the neck and the shoulder coming together area of any quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, the guy the guy is only five ten, but he's like wide and super thick and strong. I mean, gosh, 
He is so fun to watch. The touch is, also on his pass is amazing. He's sort of like the bulldog of uh, of NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> yes. He's just stocky and shoulders and strong legs. And but man, I mean, throws such a beautiful ball. His 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 go balls, his deep balls. He puts so much air on them and just drops it in. There's a couple fantastic throws last night. And yeah, he's always been a fun guy to watch. They, I, you know, I, whatever they've done. You know, their offensive line just used to get beat up all the time. And I don't know if that was a double thing and be a line coach or what, but he's not getting beat up nearly as much. And, and he's playing, you know, really, really good football, uh, minimizing their mistakes and their defense has been much better than anyone thought they would be. I think that they are the model for the Vikings to fix the offensive line. They uh, brought in uh, Brown, the left tackle, and they drafted some guys. And now uh, it's making a huge difference, especially when they run the ball. So they're, they are a, a very fun team to watch, and I I loved. We were just talking about how defense is winning, but that game last night was all sorts of fun. So, uh, Sage, we will get together again soon. Another journeyman quarterback for the Bears, which is just it's hard to pick because there are so many wonderful ones. And and you've been watching a lot of Bears this season, so I want to get into the next time we talk the nitty gritty of this Week 17 matchup. It's gonna be fun, man. I mean, this is this is what we hope for, right? Like. Eh, entertainment value i think vikings fans are probably beside themselves with having to go into a, a week 17 with the possibility of missing the playoffs but for us um the the tension is great here well it might happen and i tell you what it just goes to show how incredible the new england patriots 10 years mm-hmm. in a row winning the afc east and i was down in miami for four years uh they won that division i think all four years I was down there, maybe three of the four or something, but it just uh, uh, an, an incredible run. And, you know, the Vikings had that great year last year and it's just so hard to repeat a great year. Um, and, uh, but, you know, they got, they got a chance to, you know, who knows, maybe get farther than they did last year. Start, I feel like they're starting to understand who they are. Uh, which is good to know. Absolutely. So we will talk more about that when uh, we talk again on Wednesday. So we'll catch you then. Thanks, as always, Sage, and all of you for listening to the Purple Podcast.